Welcome to The Growth Show with Matt Lindsay, where we discuss growth strategies both for business and a personal perspective, discussing all kinds of businesses, growth strategies, technology, investment strategy, and much more. We are meeting with entrepreneurs, investors, app developers, and property developers. Our vision is to help 10,000 business owners grow their businesses. Introducing our host, Matt Lindsay. Matt is a former banker and corporate financier. He now spends his time building his own companies organically and through acquisition, as well as raising capital for other businesses. Matt works with a wide variety of entrepreneurs and investors. Good morning and welcome to The Growth Show. Today's guest is none other than a former world champion boxer, Mr. Billy Schwer. How are you, Billy? Get ready to rumble. Here we go. Great to see you, my friend. I'm glad that I'm hiding hiding behind the screen here and not having to take one of those. (laughs) I hope you brought your A game with you. (laughs) Me too, me too. Well, it's nice to see you and We'll refer to this one as the lost tapes, as as you and I know. We had a bit of a bit of a technical problem, and we the did re- record the rematch. The rematch, exactly, exactly, yeah. So we did record this previously. So we're going 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 through some old ground. However, as I said at the time, the 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 inspiration and the buzz that I felt after our recording was was very good. So I'm I'm very very happy and pleased to do do this one again. Um, yeah, so first things first, what I like to do with the guests that I have on, on the growth show is understand a little bit of narrative about their respective backgrounds and how they got to where they are today. And, and I know from your, your book, which is called Man Up, which you very kindly sent me a copy of, um, and I, I've, I've been reading, um, you, there, was, there was some challenges along the way in terms of, in, in terms of your life and where you've got to so far. Um, so yeah, it'd be really interesting just to touch on, you know, that that kind of journey, you know, through to, through to becoming becoming the world champ, and then some of the heartbreak that you suffered after that. Is that, that that's probably fair to say? Oh, the devastation, the chaos, the upsets, the disappointment. <laughs> yes, those the good times, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And it, but but it all makes you who you are today, right? Absolutely, and that's exactly right. And here I am today with you, Matt. We're going to take number two. This is going to be much, much better than the first time round. So let's cause some magic. <laughs> and, and, and hopefully inspire some people that are, yeah, f- feeling the effects of, you know, we're in quite a difficult time from a psychological perspective. There's a lot of fear and uncertainty around, you know, where we're heading. The vaccine does, does appear to be doing the trick. So hopefully that you know, that, that may continue. Um, we're not going to get into, you know, views on these things, but, you know, fundamentally we want people to be inspired, you know, taking that action and moving forwards with the things that they do with their lives. So, but yeah, first things first, over to you to bit, to provide a bit of narrative in, in terms of who you are and yeah, what, what, what you're about, I suppose. And that's such a great point because I really want to touch on that stuff about how we get through the tough times, but let's go back to, how Billy the Boxer got creative. So I I started boxing when I was eight years of age. So I, my fascination with 
people and about what they do and how they do it and why are some people more successful than others. It just, I've always had that fascination in the background for me. So why I used to step into the ring as a professional boxer prepared to die. It was lit, my life was like kill or be killed. It was like, that's my existence. That, you know, that killer instinct, that, that some fighters possess it, some people possess it more than others. What's that about? Where does it come from? How do I have that? And why do some people not have that? It just fascinates me. So I went on a journey to really discover, this was after I'd retired from boxing. Mm. So I did my boxing career, then it finished. And then I went on a bit of a journey, which we'll get to later. But I really discovered, so Billy the Boxer got created when I was five years of age. Right. I was in my mum and dad's front room with my two older sisters, Mandy and Lisa. And we're rolling around the floor and they're beating me up again. Kids being kids. Now, you know, you know when it's two against one, kids, two kids against one, what did I do? They pin them to the floor, didn't they? We've all done it. One sits on the chest and one, has, one pins the arm back. So they was doing that to me. So I'm kicking and screaming and fighting. I just couldn't fight them off. So I used to get so upset, I used to hyperventilate and turn blue. I thought I was going to die. I couldn't breathe. I was like, oh, oh, oh. And what they used to do, they both had beautiful long blonde hair. As I'm pinned to the floor, they used to wave their hair in my face. There's an old classic song by the, by the band Paper Lace, and it's called Billy, Don't Be a Hero. And they used to sing that to me. Billy, don't be a hero. Don't be a fool with your life. So what did I end up doing? My whole life is about becoming a hero. And don't be a fool with your life. And I've kind of pretty much done that as well. So in that moment, I made the decision. I decided that no one was ever going to beat me, dominate me, get hurt me, get on top of me ever again. Right. Especially women. I made an unconscious decision. Ask my ex-wife, she'll tell you. And it was like, unconsciously, I made another decision that I was weak. So I had to find a, a way to prove to cover up and survive being weak. That's why I became a boxer. Right. So my dad was a boxer. So I remember as a, as a child seeing his old black and white boxing pictures in the loft, his old boxing boots, his old, his old horsehair boxing gloves, like the old level ones hmm. in them. But I didn't really take much notice. But then at eight years of age, I asked my, I asked my dad to take me down to the gym and teach me boxing, hmm. which is what they did. So he was my, my coach. And he taught me how to box right all the way through my amateur career right so then um, that was my access to proving something so all my life i've been trying to prove that i'm good enough and i'm not yeah. weak yeah so those decisions that I, that that decision i made as a five-year-old then as 11 year old i made another decision that i wasn't good enough when i lost my third amateur boxing fight so there those decisions shaped my future and that's that's what i lived into i had to find a way to cover up and prove that i wasn't so what i've discovered is about some things happen in our lives as children. We make decisions about ourselves, about people, about life, and then we may unconsciously choose to become a certain way to cover up and deal with it. Mm. So those decisions I made are weak. I was weak and I wasn't good enough. So what I did was I become really tough. I become really courageous and really persistent to cover up and hide being weak. Right. So those so that's, that, that shaped my future. So I think for us all to really look at, as I share that, what, where, what are you covering up, I wonder? What are you trying to hide, survive? 
because we, we've all got kind of, I call it a, like a winning formula, winning combination. Those things have us winning life. So my, my winning combination is I'm tough, I'm persistent, I'm courageous. That's what has me winning life. Yeah. Win or lose, you get to choose. But also those nice traits that I could quite honestly be proud of, what comes with them, those are ugly ones. So they, they show up. But what also had me become a champion boxer, what had me had that killer instinct were these traits. I was aggressive. I was domineering. I was selfish. I was inconsiderate. I was always right. I was like, rah, rah. That's who I was. Hmm. Those traits, so win or lose, you choose. But unconsciously, those ugly traits that we all have, that when we get triggered, they show up. Lots of us are just unconscious. We just tr get triggered and we unconsciously go into that. We just kick off. Mm. So those, those served Billy the boxer, those, those traits, aggressive, domineering, selfish, those, those, those worked. And they, it was kind of acceptable that that's just the way that it is because I stepped up into the ring prepared to die. So I sacrificed everything to train, to be in the best way that I could be. So when I stepped up into the ring, I was fighting for my life. So I kind of sacrificed everything else to survive life. And then that's the part that lots of us, when you start to see those traits that are kind of unconsciously running us, then we get to, you get to distinguish things. Mm. Once you distinguish something, then you can kind of get, it takes its power off you. Cause I was being used by aggressive, domineering, selfish, all those, all those attributes but they're not really at where well, they are. They served Billy the boxer, but they didn't serve Billy. Mm. And when I retired from boxing, when I went through a, my dark times, what, depression, divorce, bankruptcy, when I retired from boxing, I realized that Billy the boxer was no longer serving Billy. Right. That's, when I, that's when I realized I needed to make some changes. So if things are not working in your life, in whatever area you need to, what I realized was, all, all the areas of my life that wasn't working, there was one consistent thing running through it. There was a theme. And the theme was, it was me. Right. I was consistently there in all the things that I was messing up in. So I kind of really, it's kind of, oh, I might have something to do with it then. <laughs> so I, I held my hands up and went, okay, let's get responsible then. Because I, I was unconscious. I was being irresponsible. I wasn't aware of it. Mm. So I, I woke up. But what had me wake up was a lot of pain and suffering. So then that, that, was, that was my entry into my new second phase of my life. Interesting. So, so in terms of the, I, I guess, lots of sports people, musicians and, you know, other people that kind of have that idolization from their fans, lots of them suffer from that, you know, that thing of, you know, it, you know the proverbial music has stopped or the yeah. crowds have stopped cheering. It, it's it's how you how you deal with that because it's it's, it's a hugely difficult thing because you've got this persona this narrative that you've built for yourself about you know I am this you know super strong guy I'm you know I'm the world champion you know in your instance or you know your best selling best selling artist or whatever it might be but but then there's that kind of realization when you're home by yourself in lockdown as we are at the moment and that that's that's you know in in, in i mean fortunately it's brightening up now but in you know a cold dark winter you know yes. that, that's what that's when these things can become quite difficult to deal with and you know there's a, there's a real problem in my opinion in in you know what what you've talked about there 
you know, it, it takes a lot of um, a lot of courage to talk about these things because, you know, as as men, we're inherently shielding, you know, our emotional sides. That's kind of, you know, the way, you know, be a man and cover it all up. You know, that's kind of how, how you're trying to be. But what, what yeah. you're talking about there is, you know, it, you, you, you've you've understood it, you've addressed it and. I, I, like, like, you know, the way I talk about myself is I'm working on myself, you know, and you, you know, we all, we all have, you know, attributes that sometimes come out and go, go backwards and forwards. But so, so how did you, how did you come around to being able to kind of deal with these things? And, and more importantly, how are you talking about them today? Because lots of people can't talk about that stuff. Yeah. And it's interesting. So when I retired from boxing, that's 20 years ago. Right. So mental, I went through a mental breakdown, depression, right. and you talk about dark nights, uh, dark nights of the soul. So I, I suffered through a very painful period of my life. And it was the worst two years of my retirement. Mm. And you mentioned musicians and people like that. And there's a lot of similar similarities, like footballers, rugby players. We mm. kind of go on a different path, but boxing's box is slightly different because yeah. a musician can play music all his life. Sure. When you play football, when you retire from top level football, you kind of, you can play lower league. Mm. But with boxing, it's kind of more or less over. Well, you can't, you can't, you can't really play at that, can you? <laughs> oh, you well, that's the thing. You don't play boxing. You play football. You play rugby. You play golf. You don't play boxing. Yeah. You would step up into the ring to cause bodily damage. Yeah. So then you have to. So you live a certain way, and you think a certain way, and it has you be a certain way. So then, when once once that's gone, where you express that, where that needs to be focused into something mm. you don't know i didn't know where to what to do with it because mm. i've been trained as an amateur you mentioned about yes as an eight-year-old kid i started my training and my conditioning was to fight defend resist confront and attack and that's who billy the boxer was mm. but then that didn't serve billy in life much later so i kind of suffered my way because i didn't know how to be any other way Mm. And it was some mental health, as I mentioned, wasn't openly talked about like it is today. And I kind of made a complete mess of it because I felt ashamed. I felt ashamed. I felt embarrassed. I felt like a failure. And I was kind of, I was trying to fight my way through it, but it just didn't work. So mm. eventually I, I kind of hit rock bottom. And then it was that point. I mean, I was having, I was having, I, there were times when I just didn't want to be here. I couldn't, I had no energy to get out of bed. I was having suicidal thoughts. It's kind of in that depth of despair. Mm. So then to get myself out of there, well, it took a lot of it took work. It took first and foremost, as you say, it takes courage mm. to hold your hands up and go, yeah, this ain't working. I need to do something else. So then I went on a journey of self-discovery because I wanted to get out of where I was at because I was just sick and tired of being sick and tired. I was in the depths of it, yeah. struggling through it. And then, uh, yeah, it takes courage to go to work on yourself and dismantle yourself look at who you are that's the work i've done a lot of inner work mm. i peel back all the layers of my identity my ego to discover billy because i want to be free because billy the boxer was like a constraint it was constraining me mm. it was pulling me down it wasn't serving me and that, that's still in me it's still billy the boxer still exists within me but it doesn't show up very often it doesn't need to sure so I'm no longer fighting physically for my life, so to speak. Yeah. Particularly now the pubs are shut. 
Exactly. <laughs> I could have been a doorman. I'd have been a good doorman, but I didn't fancy that. No, no. Probably, well, and, and in fact, what what you've what you've done, you've gone on to create yourself as a yeah, as as a coach, as a, as a speaker, and all this kind of stuff. And yeah, that's you know, it, yeah, I, you know, I, I, as I mentioned to you before, you know, you can feel the energy that you reverberate. And I know that you on your LinkedIn profile, you have yeah, you, you have your what was it Wednesday wallops and the Thursday <laughs> whatever they're called. You have a, a name for each day, but. Each day, there's a bit of motivation just to get people pumped up and to, to get on with themselves. And I think, you know, they're, they're, they're really good. I enjoy them. Jabber move Monday. Yeah. Toe to toe Tuesday. The Wednesday wallop. <laughs> thumping Thursday. Fearless Friday. Suck it up Saturday. And take a seat. Take a seat Sunday. <laughs> and it is really, it's just, it's just, just it's an opportunity, obviously, to, to get into people's hearts and their minds. Yeah. Because my, my life mission now is the transformation of the middle-aged man. So a lot of middle-aged men are suffering, they're stuck. So that's, that's my mission. I'm out to rock the world and cause a phenomenon right. through the transformation of the middle-aged man. So that's what I'm up to. And that's my day-to-day -day kind of experience of life. I'm having loads of amazing conversations with middle-aged men. It's brilliant. And the program that I've created, it brings people together, creates a safe environment, a safe space for them to show up in. Because there's lots of men don't have an opportunity to speak, to share yeah. themselves, because they, they've never shared themselves before. And you, you said it, we're not, we're not trained that way, are we, as men, yeah. most of us? Are not, we, we struggle, especially if we're middle-aged men. Mm. It's just not, it's not kind of normal to be, show your vulnerability, because that was mine, because... To be vulnerable, that's a, that's a sign of weakness. Now, as a boxer, you can't show any weakness. So no. you can't learn how to wear a kind of suit. You wear a survival suit, which is intrinsic. You can't get in there. Yeah. Which work, which serves in certain areas, but not everywhere. But unless you know how to dismantle it and take it off every now and then, yeah. it's difficult to be any other way. And that's a lot of men struggle with that. So giving people an access, men to, an access to just really being themselves and tr their true selves. Yeah. Then their futures look different. Yeah. And they are different. They, they transform themselves. And that's so, I find that so exciting because then the results that they cause for themselves and their lives and their families, the ripple effect is huge. It's, it's life changing for lots of, lots of the guys that we work with. It's brilliant. Mm. I love it. Love it. Fantastic. <laughs> very very re rewarding and i get i guess that's kind of almost the kind of antithesis of you know the selfish role that you kind of have to play to be to be a you know to be a world champion boxer it's got to be all about you it can't be about anybody else because if you're not in that headspace and you know you're not dedicating to yourself you've got to be selfish in terms of your time in terms of the you know the dedication and the commitment to the training i'm really interested in that yep. side of it as well you know it, it, it must be really hard so so yeah to, to, to then you know you're, you're you completely switched it around and to be to be giving people kind of guidance back that's yeah that's that's quite a strong message isn't it it's nice no because you're right because it's a really tough existence and it's all about me mm. and there's a lot of responsibility to go with being a professional athlete because you got you got um you're contracted to go and perform on a certain day 
there's fans there's there's management there's contractual obligations so there's there's that pressure yeah and there's the pressure of especially being a boxer the pressure of fighting for your life that's the way that i looked it yeah so then it, yeah it's a hard it's a hard existence so that was all about me but then when i when i retired from boxing all about me 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 just wasn't fulfilling mm. so then i went through my depression so what I had no future because I couldn't see a future for myself outside of the boxing ring. Yeah. It was kind of, I was living into an abyss of darkness. So that just fed back to me in the moment and had me feel depressed. So what I've now done is I've, I'm very big into about the future. We've got to deal with our day-to-day -day existence. We've got to get through, we've got to do our stuff, whatever that may be. But then also it's about keeping an eye on the future prize because what I found for myself is creating a future, generating and causing a future, which is your design by your design. This is it. Yeah. That, that's going to feed back to you in the present moment and have you feel a certain way. Yeah. So when I was living into dark depression, blackness, that's what had me feel that way. Yeah. So now I've done a lot yeah. of healing for myself as well, because I meditate most days. I'm into breath work. I'm into exercise. I'm very much in, mindful of my physical well-being as well as my spiritual and my mental well-being. Mm. Because I never used to mm. like myself. Because as an element of, of, of a fighter going in the ring to do what I do, there's a bit of that's not really doesn't sit well. So then, but that's that. You just carry on because you don't. That's just what you got to do. That's who you are. So then, afterwards wrecking my marriage going through bankruptcy all of that stuff I, I never used to like myself so I've, I've done a lot of inner healing and I can honestly say I've, I've made a lot there's a lot of things that I wish I could take back but I can't hmm. I love my ex-wife she's remarried I love her I just wish her happiness and love and joy and everything so that's completed so I've made amends and cleaned up the mess up that I've made and I'm ongoingly looking at that so I'm trying not to cause any chaos because I've caused a lot of chaos in my life and I've bashed a few doors down but that's but that's kind of metaphorically speaking so I've 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 I've, I've learned to be with that and so now I've got self-love I love myself now which I never used to do so self-love I've healed myself I love I love I love myself I love my life I love my life and I love the future that I'm creating ongoingly because I've designed it in such a way that I get to make a difference. I'm expanding and growing on a daily basis. Just the level of conversations are just uplifting. Yeah. They're kind of empowering. They're inspiring. And they're all that in that direction of upwards. So then um, I'm living that kind of existence. But I've caused that and created it. And it's, and it's been a journey to get there. And that's that's what it's all about. So I've got I've got. I've got a lot of years of wisdom of the fight game, being a boxer, a professional boxer, but then also the wisdom of going through my own personal challenges, figuring it out, finding out what works, what doesn't work for me. And then that's what I'm sharing. Because I want people to have what I've got. Yeah. And I'm happier, more fulfilled and satisfied than, than I've ever been ever. I'm like, I'm like 10 out of 10. That's, yeah. So that's, I want everyone to have that. Because it's so, available. So, so it's about... I guess, so kind of deconstructing things a little bit. So from a young age, you set yourself a very clear objective of, I want to be world champ. 
was is that right so you you said to yourself that's what i yeah. want to be and that was your so I, said that, I, I said that when i was a kid right but also but what was driving it was which i didn't know obviously at the time because we all say we want things i want to yeah. be a world champion that's like let's move towards that because that's all nice and lovely yeah but what's, what's really driving it is i was trying to prove something I was trying to prove I was good enough and I wasn't weak. I was moving away from those. I didn't like that. I didn't like that. I had a view of myself. So that drove me towards becoming a world champion. Yeah. And, 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 and so as, as part of that process, you, you, you I, I guess in some way, you've got to kind of build this ego and build this armory around yourself. Yeah. Which, you know, and the whole time the eyes on the prize, right? So whatever yeah. you're doing is completely 100% focused. Yeah. There's not many people in the world that can maintain that discipline and that focus to the to to the to the length that you did. Particularly yeah. knowing the journey that you had to go on to get there, and we'll, we'll touch on that in a minute in terms of, you know, how how you got there, and then and, and then to follow that, I think quite often there's actually. When, when people achieve, you know, these lifelong ambitions, these goals, there's a bit of a feeling of deflation in terms of, right, I've got that now. And is that all it feels like, you know, something yeah. that you've hyped up in your own mind psychologically that you've kind of projected for such a yeah. long time. Yeah. But I, I, I firmly believe in the second that whilst you're going through that, you know, the, the difficult, you know, the difficult phase after that, you're, you're not you're not looking forwards at that point in time and when you're in that phase it's very difficult to consider looking forwards yeah. but I, i'm a firm believer in the second that you start looking forwards and start you know creating that construct of what i'm going to do with my time who am i all of all of these things then you really start to you know go on that journey because you know i think we we all have to re reinvent ourselves and you, you know madonna's the you know the, the very famous example of she does it you know every every decade in terms of keeping yeah. relevant and current but i think yeah we, we all have to go through that process don't we because you know i i was a a guy who worked in the city i was a dj i was this i you know all, all of these i've had all these kind of roles and you know identities that i kind of created for myself yes and, you, you, you build these things over a period of time. So yeah, first, first things first, it'd be really interesting just to learn a little bit more about that, that journey that you went on to, to achieve that, to achieve that big goal, uh, first yes. of all. So it all started off as I, as I mentioned at five years of age, boxed at eight years of age, at my first contest when I was 11. Yeah. I won, I won, an, I become a national champion when I was at 13. So, so that was my kind of, that was kind of like a realization. Oh, I'm, I'm the best in the whole country at 13. Yeah. Then, so I kind of, all right. So then I kind of woke up to that. So then I pursued that more, represented my country, traveled all around the world, won different titles. So then at the age of 21, I had a great amateur boxing career, decided to turn pro at the age of 21. I felt like, let's have a go, at, let's have a go, let's give it a go, at making a living from it. Yeah. So then I got a great manager. Mickey Duff was my manager. I had a great team, great cuts man, great coach, great boxing trainer. My dad was in my corner. Nutrition, fitness, osteopaths, fitness coach. The the, the the team. Yeah. And I had a great team. And it's about teamwork. The dream don't work. We kind of we're clear about that. So it's get who's in your corner. 
who's got yeah. your back that's important to know and to realize are they serving the the purpose yeah are they moving all are you all aligned in where you're going so we was all aligned in becoming a champion so the first the first stop was for me to win the British and Commonwealth titles, right. which I did at the Royal Albert Hall. That was my first championship win as a professional. An amazing, amazing evening. It's, oh, I'm from Luton Town in Bedfordshire in the UK, and half of Luton were there that night. And it was an, an incredible <laughs> night. Oh, it was amazing. So that was, that was me stepping into championship level. I was 23 years of age. And I, I was like invincible. I felt yeah. amazing. So then what, what happened was I lost the title of my first defense. I got a big cut. The referee stopped the fight. Then I had to go back to the drawing board. Great team, great management. I get a rematch. So I regained the titles again. So that, so, so it's just a rollercoaster life. It's like life. Yeah. And boxing is a great metaphor for life. It's a roller coaster, isn't it? Yeah. You win some, you lose some. It's up and it's down and it's tough. It's tough to go through the tough times. So I regained the British and Commonwealth Championships. So I'm on a pathway to get becoming a world champion. So great management. I start to build, go up the European rankings and stuff. And then the, so I'm starting to get noticed in the world. So then I, I got a shot at the world title. That was back in the day in 1995. I was top of the bill in Las Vegas at the MGM Grand. Now at wow. that time... At the MGM Grand was the biggest hotel in the world at that time. And I remember standing outside the MGM Grand and looking up in the air, and there was a big display unit, 30 foot up in the air, and my name was flashing in lights. <laughs> Luton. Luton's in Vegas. Here we go. Luton's on the map. And it, what a surreal experience. I remember walking down the Las Vegas Strip. Yeah, just the, the limousines, the bright lights. I mean, the people that were playing there, like, Barry Manilow, there was like Madonna might have been on, Elton John. They they like superstars. And I'm, there I am, kid from Luton. I'm mixing with them. <laughs> and uh, world title fights are not easy to win, trust me, especially in Las Vegas. I was boxing a guy called Rafael Ruelas from Mexico and Michael Buffer. Let's get ready to rumble. He was the MC, so the fight right, started. Wow, yeah. Have you ever wanted something so bad? I was so certain I was going to win it. I pushed and pushed. I had a great start, man. Bang, disaster struck. About three or four rounds in, I got a big cut over my eye. There was blood everywhere. But luckily for me, I had the best, one of the best cuts, man, in the world, in my corner, Denny Mancini. In, and he was, he was patching me up, stopping the flow of blood. And I, kept, I continued to box on. I kept pushing and pushing and pushing. About two rounds later, disaster struck again. I got another cut over the other eye. It's kind of ended up being it's like a bloodbath. Eventually, the referee, Mills Lane, come back to my corner and he says, kid, I'm going to give you one more round. And he looked to the damage of blood everywhere. So what he meant to say was, you've got to go and knock him out this next round. Right. Otherwise, we're going to stop the fight. Yeah. I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, shit, shit. Have you ever felt under, pre under pressure to perform? So I, I had three more minutes. That's all I had. So I went out there. I gave it everything, but I didn't knock him out. So they stopped the fight. Right. My dream had been shattered. And it was like, okay, so let's, so now what? Because I still had the dream, the vision. It was like, okay, come back. I had 70 stitches, seven zero stitches wow. over both four hours. Yeah. Wow. And I remember, I remember waiting for the plastic surgeon to come and stitch me up after the fight. 
I've got a broken nose, got blood all down the side of my face, my body's in agony. And I say to myself, you know what? Surely there must be easier ways I can make a living. Maybe I should think about getting a proper job. Maybe whatever that is. I've never had a proper job, but it's like, there must be other ways, but I still had the dream. I still had, so I come home from Vegas. I allow my face to heal and I get, we get back to work. I get back to work, still have the vision. Because I'd fought in Vegas, fighting for the world championships, I was highly ranked in Europe. I had a couple of fights, so then I got ranked number one in Europe, went over to Spain, and I challenged and I won the European title in an epic contest, an amazing fight, voted European contest of the year. Amazing. So I came back home, defended the title three times, which gave me another shot at the world title. So, I'm, so it moved me up the world rankings. So there I am. I'm now ranked number one in the world, fighting the very best, a guy called Stevie Johnson. Right. Wembley Arena, Stevie Johnson, the bell goes, the fight starts. He's so quick. I just couldn't get it. He was like, it was a million miles an hour. He was brilliant. First half of the fight was brutal. Got a bit cut over the bridge of my nose. I got elbowed or headbutted. There was blood everywhere. But then he sorted me out and I'm boxing on. It goes 12 rounds. I go to the center ring and I wait the decision. Ladies and gentlemen, the winner is Stevie Johnson. So I'd failed again. Oh, no. I'd lost twice, but there's a lot of controversy after this fight because he failed the drug test. So oh. he failed the drug test, but so there was no, no wonder, no wonder I couldn't catch him. He was so quick, but what happened was he got off on a technicality. So he kept his world title and I was, I went back to Luton with more stitches in my face. I was devastated. He kept the world title. And what I realized was that after that fight, you know what, to produce world-class results, you've got to be powerful in the face of adversity, setbacks and defeat. You can't focus on the past. You have to let the past go. You've got to focus on the future. Mm -hmm. Where your focus goes, energy will flow. So that's, I had to get, get into the future and get back into the, the winning mindset, the attitude. So we did that, allowed, allowed that to pass. I get back to work and I get another shot at the world title, world charter challenge number three. Get back to work, Wembley Conference Center, boxing a guy called Colin Dunn, a great contest. I start to build up a nice points lead in the early rounds, but then Colin fought his way back into the fight. The fight become really, really close. We uh, the goes the full distance, the full 12 rounds. And then again, I go to the set of the ring and I'm awaiting the decision. It's so close. I'm thinking, have I done enough? Did I do it? The referee grabs hold of my wrist. He tightens his grip up and I'm thinking, he's going to lift my arm up in victory. Yes, this is it. Ladies and gentlemen, the winner is Colin Dunn. So I'd lost again. Oh, no. I'd lost this time on a split decision. It's like it was so close. It could have went either way. Yeah. It went Colin's way. So that was three times unlucky. So I have a dream. I have a dream. So we go back back to the drawing board, get back to work. Great management again, working with the right people. I get another shot of the world title. So my fourth attempt, I walk into the ring again. I give it everything. I'm boxing a guy called Newton Villarreal from Colombia. Now, he doesn't speak a word of English. I speak no Spanish. So we have nothing to say. We meet each other, but we got nothing to actually verbally say. But we have a great conversation with ease. So the bell goes, the fight starts. In round number two, I had a perfect start. Bang! I hit him with a right hand so perfectly, he goes over. I right. knock him on his back. He hits the canvas, and I'm thinking, this is it. 
I've done it. I thought, there's no way he's going to get out from that. No way. I hit him so hard. I thought, if he gets out from that, I'm going home because there's no way he should get out from that. <laughs> and he got up, didn't he? He got up and we had a right battle for 12 rounds. And I, I, go out, I remember going back to my corner after 11 punishing rounds and I sit down, the fight's close. My dream team starts slapping me around the face to try to find words of wisdom for me to take out into that 12th and final round. So the bell goes for the final three minutes, three more minutes to victory, success, joy, or three more minutes to defeat and disappointment and upset. Yeah. So Sir Winston Churchill comes to mind because Sir Winston Churchill, he once said, history will be kind to me for I intend to write it. So I came out. That's a, that's a strong quote. I love that quote. History will be kind to me for I intend to write it. Who's writing your history? That's the point. So I came out for that 12th and final round intending to write my history. I give it everything. It was agony. The bell goes, the fight's over, the agony ceases. Barely able to stand. I go to the set of the ring and I wait the decision. And I get to hear the words I've been waiting all my life to hear. And the winner, and the new, the new, this is what he went here, the new IBO light welterweight champion of the world, Billy Schwer. And it was like, wow, that was, that was the moment we'd all been waiting for. Not only myself, but all my fans, my family, we've all been on this journey together. And it just, it was, wow, it was an accomplishment second to none. It was incredible. And that was the journey to get, to the world championships. And then from there, it was quite short-lived, wasn't it? I think from memory. And that's, that's, oh, that's, that's the belt, wow. This belt is a metaphor for everybody's life. What yeah. you're willing to do to become the champion of your world? What sacrifices you're willing to make? What you're willing to do to get the results that you want for yourself? So are you are, are you are you willing willing to take four losses and and still come back because yeah. it must psychologically it must have been bloody hard to do that. Well, I was driven. I was driven trying to prove something. Yeah. So it was just it was it was physically hard, mentally hard, punishing, brutal. It was a real tough way of living. But I was so driven by the fact I was trying to prove something. So if you look at what, what has people be a success, is it moving towards something or moving away from something? They're very, very different kind of motivators. Well, it's, it's that question of how much do you want it? You clearly wanted it. Yeah, absolutely. So then the wanting of something is in the future, but what's going to get us there? Yeah. So we, a lot of us say we want a lot of things, but mm. lots of us don't get them. Yeah. So what's, why is that? That's, the, that's an interesting thing to consider and look at. Mm. So what's driving your performance, your behavior? Is it serving the end the end goal, the end in mind? And what, what if, there's a, if there's something missing, what is that? Maybe you don't want it bad enough, as you say. You've got, you got to have a burning desire yeah. to succeed because it ain't hard. It's, it ain't easy to succeed. It's hard mm. in anything, in any area of life. Yeah. You've got to have that dogged determination that persistence which i had yeah absolutely so so sorry i interrupted you so, so you won it then what won it, won it i ended up in hospital 
So winning the title, we're all gonna we organize a big after fight party. So on the way to the party, I start to feel rough. I start to double vision. I start to feel sick. And I, I was in the car, get the pull the car over, and I'm violently sick. So the alarm bells started to ring. So we went straight to hospital. Missed the party. Everyone got really drunk without me. And I'm awaiting, I'm lying on the hospital trolley awaiting a brain scan, not knowing if any permanent damage had been done. And the jury's still out on that one. I was frightened. I was frightened. But they released me after two days, concussion. I was okay. So went on holiday, come back home, get back to work, organize my next fight only three months later. Okay. I remember training for this, training for my first defense. I got punched in the head. And it just didn't feel right. It just, I thought, oh, that, that don't, don't feel right. But me being me, I didn't tell anyone, kept it to myself. Fighters are, we're our own worst enemies, a lot of us. Yeah. I kept it quiet, went ahead with a fight, and we had an absolute battle. We knocked each other from pillar to post, round after round. And in the 11th round, bang, got knocked out. I got knocked out. It's game over. And th but this time it's back to hospital. But this time I travelled in style. I went in the back of the ambulance, and that's and it was when I was in the back of the ambulance that's when I realised that my life as I know it was over. That's when I made the toughest decision I've ever made to retire from boxing. Right. But also how, in how, that moment, sorry, how old were you then? I was thirty-one. Right. So thirty-one years of age, still still a young man. I was unconsciously I made another decision I didn't know this at the time it's only through the work that I've done I got to the point of I made a decision that my life is over what's the point so I no longer had a point I no longer had a purpose a future but I unconsciously made that made that decision so then that's that's why I slipped into depression that's mm -hmm. where I went down on that path because I've got no future my life mm -hmm. is over and it was kind of my life was ripped away from me instantly mm. and I thought about making a comeback as a lot of fighters do but I just knew that it's dangerous I had a friend of mine killed in the ring I know guys that have been brain damaged it's a brutal mm. beautiful business professional professional boxing mm. amateur boxing is different but professional boxing is different and it's tough yeah yeah well as you say you're putting your life on the line yeah you're putting your life on the line and you're and you're prepared to do that that's and that's a choice that we make as professional boxers. Mm. That's and that's and we love it. We love the exit. We love it. We love it. But then afterwards, that's the that's the challenge for us all. As you as you alluded to earlier, and the way that I say it, I didn't have a goal beyond the goal. Yeah. I was so attached to the goal to winning the world title, and then once I got it, and then it was gone. So now what? Yeah. I wasn't prepared for that. Although I was doing business, I was in the property game, I was buying and selling and I was doing stuff. Yeah. But I just know my purpose was gone. And yeah. I didn't know how to deal with it. And that's, I struggled. We hear it all the time, don't we? Lots of ex-sports people. Yeah. We kind of all go on a similar path. I call it, it's like we have a default future. As we all, we all do. We all... If we all carry on doing the same thing over and over again in three to five years, we'll have, we'll, it's kind of predictable where we'll be. Mm. And that's the same thing as lots of athletes. The default future is depression, breakup of marriages, relationships, bankruptcy. We're here all the time. Mm. It's kind of mapped out for us. And I just slipped into that pathway. Yeah. And I ended up at the bottom. 
And that's what I that's what I had to get out. And 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 in terms of how how did you get out? Because that's you know for for people who are maybe maybe feeling you know similar you know in a similar situation. What advice would you give to somebody who is, you know, they're feeling low, they're feeling like there's no future, there's no purpose. How, how did you do that for yourself? And what would you recommend to somebody else who's feeling like that? It's, own it. you got to own up. you got to own it. Ownership of your life. It's once you, like, look at yourself and go, well, I've got a part to play in it. Mm. If something's not working, because so lots of us, we focus on what we can't control. So don't focus on, just focus on what you can control. And you can control your yourself, your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions. You can control them mm. to a degree, but you need to start to take the right steps to get to get a hold of that. And the first and foremost, just to acknowledge it. Mm. Go, oh, okay, look, yeah, my life's not working as I did, and then I get then you look at yourself and go, okay, so what do I need to do then? Then, then you can go. You can go to, you can read loads of books, listen to podcasts, go to seminars. There's lots of amazing stuff out there. Get yourself a coach, get some help, get some therapy, get whatever you need. Mm. So, but first and foremost, is just acknowledging it. Why should you acknowledge that your life is not working and you've got a part to play in it? Because some things are in our control, some things are not. Mm. We, I ended up being a victim. I ended up being a victim of my life, my situation, my circumstances. I crashed. I wanted to blame. It was all it was somebody else's fault. There's something wrong life's wrong it shouldn't be this way but it's only when i took responsibility of that i got i, I have and i got yeah I'm, I'm fully responsible for my future it ain't down to anyone else yeah down to me and then you get then get to work and then yeah. and i've been on that journey for the last 18 years really discovering that what so, is so, so effectively building a new identity for yourself as you know some, something completely different and it's you know it, I, I really like that kind of juxtaposition of the, you know, the really hard boxer who's putting his life on the line to, you know, now, now you're talking about your feelings, you know, that's, that's a, that's, that's a powerful switch. It's a contrast, isn't it? Mm. It's a huge contrast. One, which I struggled to, to do, to, to actually be able to do. I'm not surprised. That's it's, it's, it's the complete opposite ends of the spectrum, isn't it? Absolutely. So then, so what that makes available for other men Especially me being a fighter, mm. well, well, if he can do that, maybe maybe I could do that. Yeah. Then I like that's they're the people that I, I like to work with. Mm. Then you just give them an access to that, and then support and nudge it and prob it and just there's, there's loads of loads of stuff to to be done. Just enhance ourselves mm. and our true selves. Yeah. So then we can show up, whoever that may be. Yeah. Okay. Rather than rather than our ego and identity showing up all the time. Yeah. That's boring. That kind of that has a survive, but it's, it gets boring. Yeah. Well, it's boring. not. It's not true, is it? It's, yeah. It's it's a facade, and we, we've that's all it. got that. That's it. Exactly. It's a facade, and that we've all got loads of different ones. It's like what facade shows up at different points of, of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Well, we we all chameleons to some extent and we you know we we portray ourselves in the way that we want to be perceived given on you know given the environment that we find ourselves in and I think yeah for me I you know I I, I did some sports when I was a kid and you know it was quite I was county champion swimmer I'll tell you that one but you know, you know love it. 
I, yeah. I then got I then got distracted by by girls and drinking, so I didn't didn't take it to the <laughs> didn't take it to the to the levels that you did. But I think that for me, I I've also been through you know that kind of similar similar thing of you know you you have success and then you know you kind of have to refine yourself. And you know for for me, you know I was made redundant a couple of times. I lost jobs and right. you know kind of coming back from you know it hurts. You know it hurts right. you. And even worse than that is I split up with some business partners a few years ago. And, you know, it's it, that hurt me. You know, that was my identity. I was that brand. That was me. And to to, yeah, to, to, to come back from that, yeah. it's, you know, it's, it, it takes resilience. And I, bruises I, your ego, doesn't it? Bruises. Oh, it hurts. It yeah. hurts. Yeah. yeah. But but what I found is that a bit like yourself, you know, I've, I've kind of built some structure for myself, which, you know, doesn't involve basically remove the alcohol from the equation because it just doesn't help me it you know from a from a psychological but and, and also from a fitness perspective yes and then you know added in some meditation and a, a, as we talked about on the lost tape we yes. you know is is, is yeah I, I do the Wim Hof method every day yes. which is breathing techniques um and using cold cold showers every day brilliant which I think it, it, it's that moment in the day when you're basically when you hold your breath and a bit like you mentioned earlier you hyperventilate so you're you, you've got um it basically your ph level in your body adjusts and then it, it promotes the central nervous system so that that starts working but you've got this real strong fight or flight mechanism that it's absolute primal fear and learning to understand that and be able to deal with that and holding your breath past that point and being able to relax into that is yeah. such a powerful thing because the ego's out the window, you know, there's nothing left, you know, there's, yeah. there's none of that left. And it's the same with the cold shower. I did it this morning, you know, I went, you know, went in the shower and it was bloody freezing. You know, there's, there's no other way to describe it. I got in there and I put, I, I always put my head in first in the cold water. And again, you know, it's that thing of I could just turn that turn that tap and get the heat on, but you've got to, you got you know you've got to stand through it and you've got to be resilient and you've got to show, Brilliant. you know, and and again your your ego is completely gone. So for me, it's about finding ways of pushing that to the side and actually being true to yourself. And most importantly, it's the emotional side of it because doing all this stuff. You know the structure that I've designed for myself. I feel fucking brilliant. You know, I feel the best I've ever felt. You know, and that's that. That's that's the best thing about it all. You know, it's yeah, it's, yeah, it's powerful stuff. Oh, it's amazing, and it's great that you've discovered that for yourself and giving you. It's like a, you're giving yourself a gift, although it don't feel like it when you're jumping in that shower. And it's freezing. Oh, going. it's horrible. <laughs> Doesn't ain't very ain't very pretty. And with the breath work that you're doing, because you like it's exactly what you're saying, and it's. I would really advise people to go and have a look at that stuff mm. because it's just the cold shower bit alone. It's just it's like you, the way you've articulated that is perfect. And it's because you're going beyond yourself. Mm. Once And once you start to push those barriers out a little, go beyond them a little bit, then you can do more of it and more of it. And just it more opens up. Mm. And like you say, just it, it gives you a certain amount of resilience. Yeah. So if you can do that cold shower, then, then you're, prolong how long can stay under it yeah that increases so then everything is increasing yeah then like you talk about the breath holding you learn you learn to hold your breath for longer then yeah innate trying fighting for breath that gets that changes as well 
but then but then like you say the what's happening inside your body it's kind of healing itself repairing itself and figuring it out and it's in action isn't it it's yeah. firing up it's, it's great you know I, I i recommend it highly to anybody to to try it if you're feeling depressed if you're feeling down you know it, it takes five minutes to do 30 deep breaths you know in and out and then hold your breath and there's loads of free videos on youtube it doesn't cost you any money you know just my, my advice to anyone would be if if you are feeling a bit like that just do it you know and it, it, it yeah it, it, it's it's really really helped me that's all i can say and that's the strongest i, so I second that i second that as well yeah. i'm doing it as well so yeah so thank you <laughs> It's worth doing, worth looking at. Yeah, definitely. And 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 then so what what's your kind of your routine now? Because obviously, you know, you're you know retired retired quite a long time ago, but obviously you still keep yourself in still keep yourself in shape. What yeah. what do, do you have a specific structure that you follow in terms of exercise and all that stuff? Or how, how do you work it? Yeah, ish, ish. And I'm I'm kind of pretty open with it. But I, I run, right. I do I do a bit of running. I ran so last week I ran three times, but no, I don't run that often. I run maybe two or three times a week. Yeah. But I lift as well. I think it's important for us middle-aged men to be lifting resistance training. Yeah. So during lockdown, obviously with the gym shut, I got a I've got a kettlebell and some dumbbells. So I'm lifting, I'm squatting, that kind of stuff. I do that. And but I'm like yourself, I'm doing the breath work. I meditate. So this morning I did I did 20 minutes of breath work. Right. And then I did an hour and a half meditation. Right. So I, okay. that, was, that was my start of the day. And I don't right. do that every day, but I like to, I've done that every day this week. Right. And it's, and it, and it really, with the meditation, I've been deep into the meditation probably for four years now. And it's like, I'm looking for what that gives me is like the, the feeling of 10 out of 10. It's an access to something else. And again, it's, that's what I'm looking for. And I'm what the meditation, it makes me, makes me feel good. It makes me, I feel smarter. I feel I'm looking, I want what well, the reason why I got involved in it as well is, is like looking for an intellectual upgrade. Cause it, that's what it does to me. It ignites something in my brain. I, and I think differently. I'm sharper. I'm more effective. It's kind of, that's what meditation gives me. Cause the type of meditation that I do, as well as the breath work, you're activating your brain, and that's the triggering all sorts of stuff off. So that's that's what meditation and breathing. That's what that does for me. That's quite a long time to be to be doing that for for an hour and a half because that you're you know you're with yourself then, aren't you? There's nobody else yeah. there. I've done yeah, I've done I've, I've done like four hours. I've done more four and a half hours. I've done yeah. This the way and that's real real management of self. So transcending self. So can you imagine? I couldn't sit still for five minutes before, but I can sit still now. I can sit on my own. And I've done meditations. I've just sat. I do a lot of guided meditations, but I also just sit on my own and be with myself. I mean, I've sat down on my own. I've sat there and I've done a couple of hours. Just I've just sat there for a couple of hours. And I, when I looked at my clock to see how long I've been going for, it's like I've done two and a half hours. Well, because that's, I, a, that's a long time. A long time, but but it's mastering self because you you obviously your brain's going everywhere, but it's you keep pulling back to center, come back to yourself because that in itself is a that's training. That's that's 
to be able to do that, that's, that's something in and of itself, to be able to have the ability to sit with yourself. Most people can't sit with themselves and be quiet because they're, they're on the go all the time. But just try it. Yeah, sit with yourself for 20 minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, then build upon that because it's like taming the beast, which is our thoughts. And that's why I created my brand. I've called it Mental Boxing because it's that mental boxing match we have with that voice in the heads. It's managing that. Okay, and so, so what does that entail then? So you mentioned it earlier. So you've got a, a kind of program that you offer to people. What, what does that do and how does it work? Yeah, so the, the one that I've got, I've got a new, new program starting in a couple of weeks. It's going to be for up to six guys. So it's very small, very intimate. And it's a 12, it's like a training camp for 12 weeks. So we go through, I've created a success model, which is in the book. There's a positive cycle, a negative cycle. So we go through all of that over the 12 weeks. And, and it's, a, it's, a, it's like a, it's a mental boxing training camp. So you're taking yourself on, trying new things. We meet once a week, we have a session. Then in between the rounds, in between the sessions, you've got to go and do some work. Right. Have okay. an That's why I've called it the Billy Schwer experience because you've got to get the knowledge, get the, get the learning and then go and apply it to your life and then have an experience with it. And that's how we develop and grow is through having experiences. So if you think about our lives, the experiences that we've had, the good, the bad, the ugly, if we were to analyze them, there's, there's good to be gotten from all those experiences. If you've got the right attitude, if you're not being a victim, everything that doesn't work out for yourself, you can go, you can look at it and find some value in it. If, you, if you're willing to, there's value in everything. If you can reframe it, reposition it, change the way you look at it, there's value in everything the good, the bad, and the ugly. So that's a place to look. Yeah, okay. And so, so you built built this program. Um, is that is that what you, you, you spend you spend your time doing? Is that is that the kind of day job? Yeah, that's my yeah, that's my full-time thing. Right. Cool. So it's mar so it's marketing that. That's that's what I do. So I do loads of stuff around it, but that's my core business is I position myself as a personal performance coach. Right. Okay. And the performance is it's very personal. What's going to have you perform is different to what's going to have me perform. It's different. So it's very personal. So my my role is is to guide people on their journey and support and uplift and inspire and give them an access to what it is that they want for themselves. That's the exciting bit. And help help them work towards it as well, I would imagine. That's it all the way through, yeah. So yeah. we're together for 12 weeks. I'm in your corner for 12 weeks. It's not like you go and do a bit of work and come, we come back. I'm there all the way through it. So it's a, it's, a, it's a support structured process that we go through for, and 12 weeks is a long time and it's not a long time, but it is if it's three months, it's a quarter of a year. So to make change, you can make consistent changes which are gonna stay with you in 12 weeks. Yeah, so it's long enough in the cycle to, to kind yeah. of, Built, built, I guess it's building a routine, isn't it? Building, building, building something that you can adhere to. Yeah, and go back to, and use, and work from. Like you get structures. There's a, there's yeah, we got that success model, so we can work from that, and go back to that and see where we're at and work things through and work it forward. Okay, and 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 in terms of who who this would be appropriate for, what what's your kind of target market? Yeah, but you the kind of men. 
Yeah, men who are 40 plus. Right. A lot of the guys I work with, they're kind of business owners, entrepreneurs, those kind of guys. They want a bit more from life. And they know that they can be more as well. Yeah. But they're willing to do something to get more. They're the guys that I work with. It's not therapy. It's not counseling. It's not that. Although that gets kind of, we look at that a little bit, but it ain't about that. We don't focus there. It's future-based creative thinking, language, it's that. Then putting things in existence and following through and supporting that. That's, that's, that's what it makes all sorts of things available. Okay. And, and is, is the plan to run more of those going forward? What's, you know, what's, your, what, what's, your, what's your goals now? So they're going to be running. I want to, I want to be running two or three of them at the same time. So they'll be looping around. I do speaking as well. I do uh, conference speaking. I do, which is slightly different now, obviously, with the way things are. But when that comes back, I, yeah, I speak at big conferences. I got, I got a program that I work with teams. I do like a boardroom style training. I go in-house and do sessions with teams, individuals for the corporate. And then I do, I do this private stuff as well. I do one-to-one coaching. I've got, there's companies that I work with, the leaders of the companies, the owners of the companies. I work with them personally. I do that stuff and I do this group stuff as well. So that's, that's my focus and that's what I've created. That's, that's what I'm living. Love it. I love it. Awesome. So you, you basically built yourself, as, as I say, lifestyle by design. You're doing what you enjoy and giving back as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, like you said, life, lifestyle, life by design. Yes. Design it, create it, believe it, think it, cause it, be it. I think it's really important. But yeah. And, and in terms of where, where our listeners and viewers can find you, um, I know you're LinkedIn, so you're there. So, yeah, most of, most of my people are on LinkedIn. But I'm on the other platform as well. So you, you'll, you'll find me. Come and find me. I've got a website, billyschwer.com. If you go to there, you can get the first two chapters of my book for free. Then you can get my, a signed copy of my book there if you wanted to go there. We'll put, we'll put a link to that in the show notes. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, I'm, I'm easy to find. Cool. Well, any, any closing remarks from you? It's been really interesting. Win or lose, you choose. I want to leave you with that. Step number one of the seven-step winning formula, choose. Powerfully choose your life on a daily basis. Choose who you're going to be, who's going to show up. Let's not be a victim. Let's be the cause of our lives, not at the effect of it. Let's make it happen. Commit to your dreams. Take inspired action and make it happen. And it's inspired actions that are going to make it happen. Awesome. Inspiring words. Well, thank you, Billy. Thanks for your time. Great to see you, Matt. Thank you for your time. And and thank you for you also. And thank you for the contribution that you are for us all. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Growth Show with Matt Lindsay. Please like our podcast and subscribe today. 